my my goal just because like grew up in the suburbs and I hate lawn care and the sounds of any <laughs> lawn care equipment is to live in a city with no lawn. There you I, go. I'm fine with owning, but I don't want a lawn. I don't want any <laughs> beyond some potted basil and chives. I mean, you can always have someone take care of your lawn for you. <sighs> it's still yeah. like out of sight, out of mind kind of that way. It, yeah, it, it sucks because when you have a lawn, people around you have lawns, and then they're always like cutting their grass at like 7 a.m. when you're fucking trying to it's sleep. Constant. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. near constant. Yeah. And when you work third shift and try to sleep during the day, yeah, landscapers <laughs> fucking blow dick, dude. <laughs> horrible, horrible dick. Yeah. Andy, Andy has a vendetta against lawn oh, care people. Oh, they're horrible, man. Like, because they're like, "Hey, it's it's bright out. No one's sleeping. I'm sleeping." <laughs> yeah. You have to sleep with like headphones or something, some sort of noise canceling. Have you ever tried to sleep with fucking something on your ears? That's that's point taken. It's that's true. Yeah, it's not it's not fun unless you're in the recliner and you just like end up passing out from being drunk. But <laughs> well, there's there's the solution. <laughs> Every time you come from from work, just get drunk and pass out. And you're that, good to that go. Sound, that sounds horrible. I'll, I'll feel like ass every day. <laughs> Just trying to give you options, buddy. Yeah. It, it, gone are the days when I could, like, drink, get up, and, like, be okay. Yeah. <laughs> it takes me a couple days to recover now. Hello and welcome to another episode of Bry Guy and his Super Friends, where we're still trying to figure out where we parked our invisible jet. I'm your host, Brian Labick. Joining me for this episode is Becky Zadel. Ahoy! And Andy Stoles. What's up, bup, 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 podcast people? <laughs> uh, so yeah, we're back after taking a week off, so hopefully you didn't miss us too much. And I, of course, have to mention Happy Ghostbusters Day to everybody. Oh, is it Ghostbusters it Day? It is Ghostbusters Day. Ghostbusters oh, turns 33 years old today. I'd be more excited if the uh, newer movie was better. <laughs> I miss Harold Ramis so much. Oh, yeah, he was awesome. I actually just watched Groundhog Day the other day just because I was like, I just want to watch a movie. It was free on demand. I was like, screw it, I'm throwing it on. Such a good movie. Yeah, I agree. Um, all right, so as I've been doing the last couple episodes for months now, probably, uh, we're approaching our 100th episode. Uh, I forgot to look at the count. I think this is 97. Um so we're still trying to get some input. If you would like to give us questions, topics, suggestions, any of that stuff to use for the 100th when we sit down to do it, that would be awesome. Uh, you can send us in, send us any of that stuff uh, at the Facebook page. Uh, search Brygana Super Friends or go to www.facebook.com slash Friends. You can email us at Friends at gmail.com or tweet us at bgsuperfriends on Twitter. All of those work. And if you give us something, we'll we'll try to give you some shout-outs and credit and put it in the episode somewhere, somehow. If not, then you're stuck with whatever we do, and you're that's it. Uh, so if you haven't figured out, we're going to talk about Wonder Woman this week. Uh, we're getting to the point of the year where all sorts of summer movies are coming out to talk about. So this one will be dedicated to DC's latest in their cinematic universe. This is the fourth movie in their DC Extended Universe after Man of Steel, Batman v Superman, and Suicide Squad. Uh, Wonder Woman's getting a lot of hype because it's finally 
one of the more popular female superheroes in her own movie, not a supporting character. She is the lead in this movie. And not only that, but Warner Brothers got a female director in Patty Jenkins to lead the film. And since the movie was released last weekend, uh, I think Patty Jenkins set a couple records, or at least one record I know was notable, noticeable. Uh, that was, I think, the, what, best opening weekend for female director, I think? Yes. It, the previous record was held by uh, Fifty Shades of Grey. <laughs> <laughs> How? Yeah, and that one How? was like $85 million or something, they said, for the, that domestic, for because Fifty Shades, board- I think. Because bored housewives and mombies need to live vicariously through poorly acted and poorly written scripts. Yep, that's that's pretty much it. I have no idea about the poorly acted or poorly written because I didn't see it, didn't care to. Yeah, I'm just going from what I've heard. Did you did you see it, Becky? I I did, and I read the book, <laughs> and I I had a very good reason to, which I will tell you off mic. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> no, like a real legit reason. It's just not something I care to share. Gotcha. Okay. <laughs> Um, all right, so we got, yeah, Patty Jenkins set the record for, uh, uh, best opening weekend for female director domestically at, uh, 103 million. As of right now, the movie is sitting at about 139 million domestically and about 161 foreign, so it just broke 300 million today, and that's six days after release, so with the hype that's around this thing, it might keep going, because I think it, I think it has potential to get some legs and keep going. Um, and I know we're dying to talk some spoilers, but, you know, all this is a pretty big deal. I want to make sure we get some thoughts out before we get into the spoilers so the people that haven't seen the movie can at least listen to a little bit. So any type of general spoiler-free thoughts that anyone has before we get into specifics, feel free, and we'll just roll with it. So I think, Becky, you want, you want to bring something up? Yeah, well, well, two quick things just to talk about box office stuff uh, before I get into, like, meta shit. Um, she's not, Patty Jenkins, she's not coming back for the second film, which kind of surprised me given her success. Uh, see, I've heard, like, I noticed there were some headlines saying she's back, and then there were some saying she's undecided, so I didn't know which way it was going. This was announced yesterday. Okay. So I think it was a, de- I mean, maybe it's like a Rick Moranis personal reason, in which case I completely respect. I didn't get a why. Okay. But I was just surprised and a little disappointed, but, but, um... Is that, I, I was going to ask if you knew, but clearly you don't, um, if that was about the next single character Wonder Woman movie, or is this about the group movie? I thought that movie, like with Aquaman and Batman, already has a director. Justice yeah. League, yeah. Just, Didn't, yeah. um, it was uh, Snyder, but he... Back- I was about to say, please don't say Zack Snyder. Oh. He, he directed most of it, but he had to back off, and then uh, what's his name from Star oh, Wars? Oh, Joss Whedon. It. Yes. Right? Yeah, he had to back off for personal reasons. Uh, a death or something? Suicide? Yeah, there, I can't remember. Yeah, uh, Becky yeah, was actually yes. the one that brought that to my attention, I think, on the yeah. Facebook page. Yes. Yeah. I was... Uh, so, I guess they meant they mean when Patty Jenkins isn't coming to return, the next single... I think, it, yeah, the Wonder, Wonder Woman, Woman 2. Okay. okay. Which doesn't even have a release date. Yeah, there's still time to bring her around. I mean, money talks. Yeah. If this movie makes a bunch of money and they really want her back, I think they can make it happen. Yeah. Uh, Already has made a bunch of money. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's but I think it's going to be exponentially bigger than that. Like, it's I definitely going to hit over six, seven hundred million. It's probably going to. I would think, or at least I'm crossing my fingers, it pushes a billion. Mm-hmm. Freaking Batman v Superman made over a billion. So this, or no, it didn't. Sorry, it made like nine hundred million. So it was right before. So I think this movie has as much potential as that movie, if not more. And it has, you know, and we haven't even begun. I mean, it's only been six days in the United States markets. Uh, it hasn't even hit most international markets yet, and that's where a lot of the money comes in. So those euros are worth more. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, 
But, um, you know, as I said to Brian before, I did want to talk about something. This movie, I'm a female, I'm a comic book fan, I'm a life, well, I could, you know, turn this, uh, well, the other guys can see on a camera, I could show you my huge comic book collection. (laughs) But um, I wrote, I actually wrote a blog post about why it's so important, and there was a Saturday Night Live um, joke, uh, one of the newer cast members who I have no clue who she is, was jokingly angry that uh everyone is putting way too much pressure on wonder woman like everything for women hinges on its success or failure and joked that men get chance after chance to make shitty superhero movies which is true but i think it transcends the boundaries of just is this is there going to be another superhero single character superhero female movie because this genre is way too popular to stop now, no matter what. Yeah. Um, and look at the past single character female superhero movies we've gotten. We've got Supergirl, which was terrible. <laughs> Not the show, the movie. If you've ever seen oh, it's so bad. I didn't know Ten- there was a movie. Oof. Oh, 1983. I was going to say, that's years ago. Couldn't yeah. have been good. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm trying to go in chronological order. So Tank Girl, which I actually liked, which came from a graphic novel. That was with Lori Petty, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah that wasn't bad. No, it's good. It's and, a little but odd, but it was a niche kind of film that yeah. didn't really reach a wide audience. And then you've got Barbed Wire. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Then you've got Electra, and finally Catwoman. Those are the female superhero-ish movies we've that women have been subjected to. And with the exception of Tank Girl with its very limited kind of niche market, the rest of them were just downright terrible. Yeah. And and it goes beyond box office dollars of whether or not there's going to be a, a, a superhero. There's uh, women getting representation. And I'm no huge feminist, but... You know, look at young girls who go and see maybe the Avengers, which is, you know, a PG-13 or PG rating so kids can go see it. Who's the token female? Black Widow. She has been so diluted down that she barely has any any personality whatsoever. The red in her ledger was boiled down for her inability to have children, which is just bullshit. You know, she every female in any comic book movie... Has to be this some kind of broken or weird or like it. It's just I find that very difficult to grasp. Yeah, and that's why Wonder Woman is so very important. The fact that women are finally seeing this great, you know, non-sexualized—that's very important. Uh, you know, especially when you've seen Barbed Wire hero <laughs> fighting for nothing else than just her love of mankind. I mean, damn. You're rooting for her the entire time. Yeah. And uh, one other thing, and then I'll make this quick, because I talked about this on my podcast about a year ago. I did some, you know, I used to be an academic. I used to run regressional analysis on millions of data sets. But I was interested. Do you remember uh, Ray, the Where's Ray hashtag? Yeah. Okay. Um, Which after just, the force, I'll just say, just spell it out for people that aren't aware. I, I will. So after the release of The Force Awakens... Um, people flock to Toys R Us for Star Wars toys, which is a huge market, to find that there were no Ray toys, no Ray dolls. The only thing that they could find were Ray's inclusion in Lego sets. So there was this huge protest of Hasbro saying with a hashtag, where's Ray? And 
there was an interview um, where Hasbro, and this is a quote, specifically directed product vendors to exclude the Ray character from all Star Wars related merchandise. And that's horrible. Now, finally, very slowly, and I did some research, and in uh, Toys R Us, Target, and Walmart, I also went online and did their like online database. Less than 7%, 7% this time last year of Star Wars toys included at least one female. At least one. And that's just pathetic. And I also did a separate examination of uh, comic book toys. And less than 8.66 of toys featured at least one female. So that's why, you know, another reason why Wonder Woman is so important because I went to Toys R Us yesterday. I, I got the, the Wonder Woman Barbie. <laughs> you bet your ass there's an aisle full of Hippolyta and Wonder Woman, and it's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think so, I even, you put all that on the, the Facebook page. I think when, when I did. one of the things I posted, she commented this real big thing, basically what she just said now. Um, after she had posted that, I actually went and saw on. I think it's Warner Brothers' actual website. Like, they have a legit just Wonder Woman store mm-hmm. where it's just all Wonder Woman merch. Yes. So they are prepared for the onflux of people that want Wonder Woman things after seeing this movie. Right. Hey. And, sorry. Go no, go ahead. You're, you're still going. No, I just, I, I, and I think it's also important that this character was not sexualized. Yeah. Um, there was a woman, a, a fellow nerd who wrote, um, there's no spoilers. Watching a superhero movie directed by a woman is like putting on glasses for the first time. I didn't realize how much I had to squint through the male gaze until suddenly, miraculously, I didn't have to. There were absolutely no eye candy shots of Diana. There were Amazons with aging skin and crow's feet, and not one of them wore armor that was a glorified corset. When Diana did the superhero landing, her thigh jiggled on screen. (laughs) Do you hear me? Her fucking thigh jiggled. Wonder Woman's thigh jiggled on a 20-foot tall screen. Because she wasn't there to make men droll. She wasn't there to be sexy and alluring and flirt her way to victory, which means she has big, muscular thighs, and when they absorb the impact of a superhero landing, they jiggle. <laughs> which, I mean, is absolutely right. Yeah. Superhero science. <laughs> <laughs> but, no, although I will say that that uh, a big, muscular character who did the superhero landing, a bad girl, was, and I cannot for the love of me find, uh, uh, in Deadpool, the bad girl with the match in her. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah. Same uh, thing. She was a big, muscular girl. Yeah. She um, used to be an MMA fighter. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I'm blanking on her name, too, but I know who you're talking about. I can't about. remember. She was also an American Gladiator. What? Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, like the new Hulk Hogan one that never really caught on. <laughs> oh, well, I can't remember what her name was, but she she uh, excelled at the the giant Q-tip thing. Oh, of course. Uh, that yeah, thing was that makes cool, sense. Actually, yeah. But I mean, my point is, is that this this goes beyond. Oh, is there going to be? I mean, if this fails, there's never they're never going to make another single character superhero female movie. And no, this proves you know this goes beyond that, and it transcends those boundaries and. From toys to representation to non-sexualized females to a nuanced character, Black Widow. <laughs> um, I hate what they've done to Black Widow. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, I, this is a very important movie to me, and that's all I'll say. Um, thank you for giving my rant time. Yeah, sure. <laughs> um, yeah, I think even just different social media play. Like I know uh, Colin Trevorrow, the director of Jurassic World, and he's going to direct Episode Nine. He put a picture on twitter i think that was like his daughter 
just standing like from behind. He's he's behind her, looking out, and she's sort of has like a hero pose going. Um, and it was like before Wonder Woman, and then they went and saw Wonder Woman, and right next to it was after Wonder Woman, and she's got her shield, she's got her sword, she's like got her arrows, she's ready to go. And it was just basically like thank you Wonder Woman for something like that, because now that these young girls are growing up with characters that they can relate to and want to be, mm-hmm. and that's something that wasn't there before. Yeah. Well, says the guy who put high heels on Bryce Dallas Howard. Well, that, that's another <laughs> thing. Yeah. I'm I'm being facetious. That <laughs> that probably wasn't his decision. But um, no, you're absolutely right. I my uh, there was a great picture. So I go to Southside Comics, which, by the way, if you've never been there, it's a great comic book shop. I, I Dan's a great owner. He'll order you anything online. He had Wonder Woman Day last Saturday, free tiaras and other Wonder Woman paraphernalia and sales. But uh, Phantom did the same thing, and I watched, I went to Phantom after I saw the movie, and there was this boy, a boy, a little kid, like six, came out wondering, wearing a Wonder Woman tiara. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> that made me so happy. <laughs> hey, I mean, all the girls were dressing up like Han Solo and Luke Skywalker and stuff, so it's about time it went the other way. Yeah. I mean, and I think that she's a woman, a character that, most men really would be okay with them emulating. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Well, I think we've established Becky's fandom. Uh, <laughs> I hate it. Uh, Andy, were you uh, like a big Wonder Woman fan going in before the movie? Um, I liked her. Uh, I, I've never hated her or anything like that. Um, I, I, know, I knew very little about her except, you know, some very basic Wonder Woman stuff. I knew a little bit of the origin story and, you know... Um, just that she was a major player in the Justice League and all that kind of stuff, but I mean, I, I I couldn't say that I ever really I had some Wonder Woman comics, but I never like followed it, you know. Yeah, yeah, I I think I know just kind of general like broad strokes of the character. I never had any yeah. like I was I'm more Marvel than DC, so I didn't really have a lot of DC comics. So Wonder Woman was never really one that I read. Yeah, um, I, think I think we're a little. I, I think I'm a little young too because I know when like the Linda Carter. Wonder Woman oh, true. Yeah. Uh, show was yeah. out. That kind of built like a, a a very good Wonder Woman fan base, and I'm I'm guessing, and I think I've actually seen some posts from people who were big Linda Carter Wonder Woman fans that this movie hit really well with them, but they're a little bit older of a generation. Yeah, I was trying to think like what would I have seen that had Wonder Woman in it. The only thing I can think of was, like, after the Batman animated series, they did the Justice League one, like, after that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I, I think at that point I must have got started to get out of, like, the comic book thing. Like, I just you know, it was one of the things you don't really want to grow up watching. Like, when you're in your teens, you're trying to yeah. decide what you're into and whatnot. So I didn't watch any of that stuff when it was on, and that's probably where I would have got hooked on Wonder Woman and other characters from DC. That I never, I never ended up watching that show. I think it's on Netflix, I... so maybe I should just go back and start binging it. I think they recently put it on Netflix. I, I'll i be honest, I, I, I think you and I have talked about I was never a huge DC fan either. I was more Marvel and Image. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but that being said, I did get glimpses of the Linda Carter show. I always like Linda Carter. I think she's gorgeous. Yeah. Um, yeah, good actress but, too. And she's also a strong actress. You know, yeah. She's, um, but that, and it's important to note that 2016 was Wonder Woman's 75th anniversary. So the 75th anniversary special came out last summer, and it's already out of print, but if you can get your hands on it, it's a great, it's kind of like DC Rebirth number one. It's a great place to restart if you haven't. Okay. 
And it just exemplifies Wonder Woman's importance in culture and importance as a woman and importance as, you know, I think I posted the little blurbs of her connecting with a fan in the book, and it's just the most adorable thing ever. Um, but they also, uh, the, the post office will have 75th anniversary Wonder Woman stamps through the end of the year. Oh, nice. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And they show, and it's actually, you get, um, five rows. So Wonder Woman through the 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, and 90s. So. The modern, gotcha. yeah. Yeah. Cool. But, um, all right. So <clears throat> just trying to spin it into the movie. Uh, general thoughts about the movie that we can talk about that are not spoilery. Just, just sort of what you thought one way or the other. Um, I was surprised to see, uh, how much influence Zack Snyder and Goyer had in this movie. <laughs> considering, this- considering how many, um, Snyder and Goyer naysayers, <laughs> uh, there were <laughs> to start with all the stuff that they've done in the past. It, 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 it's, um, reassuring to see that someone like Patty Jenkins can take so much influence from those two that have made unpopular movies and spit it in a way that everyone really seemed to like. Well, not everyone, but a lot of people. <laughs> <laughs> I, it's, it's funny. I, and I was telling the guys before we started recording that I went to see it. I, I thought it was a great movie. It's not perfect. It has its flaws. And I, uh, the, the man I went to see it with, Adam, uh, he hated it, but, and I told him, I, I briefly, I had a brain fart that day and thought, I forgot the Patty, uh, Jenkins, uh, what's her name again? Patty? Patty, Patty Jenkins. Jenkins. Patty yeah. Jenkins. Oh, I was right. Okay. I forgot that she directed it. And for some reason I, I had a brain slip and thought Zack Snyder directed it. And she, the errors that she makes, and this just could be because DC movies have a lot of outside influence like they get heavily edited afterwards like uh suicide squad is a great uh, yeah example of that yeah yeah but uh some of the in what i consider errors like for example the very shallow nature of the auxiliary characters um some of the editing choices are classic Zack snyder moves yeah um, and that might have been something that patty <laughs> didn't really have control, control over it could have been jeff john Zack snyder Stephen yeah. goyer I think there were a couple other writers in the, involved too. So, I mean, those might have been things that Patty was, you know, I can't think of the word, uh, <laughs> reluctant to include. <laughs> yeah. Or exclude, I think you know. Right. So that, I, I, that might have not been her. I mean, I, I actually am inclined to agree, especially because those are mistakes that Zack Snyder tends to make in what he's <laughs> criticized for. <laughs> yes, but consistently. But, that being said, the strength of the film, I think, supersedes the, the flaws. Um, I, and I think a lot of the criticisms that Adam had, my, my friend who hated it, uh, were those, were those like auxiliary characters and the weakness of their backstories and their, frankly, um, stereotype, you know, very stereotypical kind of portrayals of the, the Scots, the the Indian, and you know, I I kind of agree with that. But yeah, they they gave glimpses of those characters too, like they were mm-hmm. gonna give a backstory, especially with that. I don't know if it's a spoiler, but the nightmare of the Scot, you right. kind of thought you would get something there, and then it just never panned out. So I don't know I, if it'll be an extended cut or what. Uh, one of his complaints was that the sniper didn't shoot. Yeah. That's the Scot we're referring. It's not really a, a spoiler. 
Uh, I just thought, um, it's World War One. he has shell shock. I, I just, it, and I left it at that. Anyone who's seen Downton Abbey or watched a war film can know shell shock, PTSD, it happens, and I, clearly that's what's going on with this man. Yeah, that's the way I interpreted um, it too, for the little bit yeah. that he talks about it, because he doesn't talk too much about what, what's bothering him. No, but but you get you get like a little like okay, there's something going on when he has that nightmare because he starts talking in his sleep and whatnot, you know. Yeah. And you're you're like, oh, they're gonna expand on this, and then at the end of the movie, you're like, they never expanded on that. <laughs> yeah, and and you know what? I think that might be um, solved in maybe an extended cut or a director's cut. Mm-hmm. We might see a better explanation. I mean, the movie was what two hours twenty minutes. I yeah, think, yeah, that's, that's pretty long. Wait, that's a pretty lengthy comic book movie, but. This is a, a, a groundbreaking, if you will, uh, backstory. And it has epic themes kind of along the line of Thor. Um, you know, and, and I think one of the other criticisms that Adam had was the constant fish out of water jokes. And I said, Thor did the same thing. Yeah, it's nothing, uh, it's nothing new. This yeah. is nothing new. And these are, th- you know, you have a backstory. A woman who's brought up on an all-woman island, educated only about the outside world by books and word of mouth. What did you expect was going to happen? <laughs> yeah. I, she was just going to fit right in. <laughs> right. And, and the very early comics, which themselves were, were quite flawed. I mean, they were made in the 1950s. Uh, heavy, heavy doses of American imperialism, if you will. Uh, but that's going to, they're, they're going to touch on the backstory, the original backstory. I think they did it. I should think they did an amazing job of it. Yeah. Uh, what did you guys? Sorry. No, go ahead. Um, I was just going to add too because we were talking about the. You guys mentioned like an extended cut. Um, because I know like Batman, Superman had the extended cut. Suicide Squad, they talked about not having an extended cut, and then eventually did did get an extended cut. I think Patty Jenkins has been asked about that, and anytime I see her talking about it, she says that basically they used everything they had. There is there is no extended cut. There's basically no deleted scenes. Isn't that exactly really? what the Suicide Squad say? <laughs> guys, wait. I thought the Suicide Squad was the opposite. That my true, what did he say? That my true vision for Suicide Squad would be revealed in a director's cut because they mashed it to bits that I don't even recognize the film anymore. Yeah, see, I thought oh, he was playing maybe. the PR thing where they like he acknowledged that there might have been two different cuts, but what was released was quote unquote his vision. Was, that I think, sounds like I think PR. David Ayer was, I think, director for that one. That sounds um, like PR to me. Yeah, because, you know, at the same time, they don't want to start fights with the studio. If the studio does what they do, the director doesn't really want to come out and start bashing the studio. Like, well, they took it away from yeah, me. I didn't finish what I wanted to do. Yeah, because you start doing that and you, you could probably get blacklisted from certain studios. Right. You know, exactly. like, yeah, like, we're not going to work with that doucher again. Yeah. He, didn't wanna, yeah. he didn't do what we wanted to do. And um, this is kind of more more of a, a comic book meta comment, but and we all know that like titles are announced and planned years in advance. But you know, traditionally through the '90s and the 2000s and the teens of the I don't know how you say that the 2010s, <laughs> um, Marvel was the stronger studio both on film and in print. I mean, uh, the 52, the DC 52 was just terrible. Yeah, uh, I'm with, glad with they the gave it hits. the rebirth. <laughs> I was going to say. DC Rebirth is just an amazing book. Uh, that the first cheap, by the way, if you guys haven't read it, go 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 read DC Rebirth number one. It is a clear 
back to its roots, you know, every character is mentioned, and they're doing a damn good job. If I would love to see that on screen. Now, that would take probably a decade, but <laughs> if, if you know, traditionally D- the last DC films have been pretty either panned or bad. So you've yeah. got Suicide Squad, Batman versus Superman, which was just god-awful. Um, <laughs> I mean, you know, the, and the other Batman films are kind of standalone, depending on who the directs them, Nolan being an exception. Um, but if they could, re- with, DC- with Wonder Woman being kind of the catalyst to put DC films back on the map, I'd love to see them yeah. do something with Rebirth. Yeah, and I- I'm excited too, because I think this is the first DC extended universe that Jeff Johns has really had his his most of his holdover like as soon as he became the Kevin Feige of DC yeah I think you'll fill it with this this one in Justice League I think I think he's gonna have his hand in Justice League too so that's that's pretty exciting that he's he's already started to write the ship and what a way to do it I mean this movie was I thought was pretty damn good so I was actually curious who wrote Wonder Woman uh three dudes have a story by credit for Wonder Woman. <laughs> and one of them being Zack Snyder. Of course. Yeah, was it Snyder, Goyer, and someone else? No, Snyder, Alan Heinberg, and Jason oh. Jason Fox. I saw Goyer. Okay. I, I thought I saw Goyer in the credits. What did he do? They might have him on there as a producer just because he's maybe he's trying to oversee some of the DCEU yeah, stuff. Maybe, maybe. Um, the Alan, what the fuck, uh, Alan Heinberg is the guy that did the screenplay, but him and Zack Snyder and Jason Fox, I don't know if it's, if that's how you say that guy's name, but F-U-C-H-S, Fox. <laughs> yeah. So, Fouches. <laughs> Fouches. <laughs> Fuqua. Do you know, I mean, do you know what else he wrote? Or two terrible movies, Ice Age, Continental Drift, and Pan. Wait, which one's this, Alan or Jason? Jason Fuchs. Okay. <laughs> and, and by the way, he's younger than all of us. No. Really? He's 30 years old. Jeez. He's already got a story credit on Wonder Woman. What the hell? Well, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know that he's working on, and I know this because my friend's really into it, uh, the, the Minecraft movie. Uh, okay. Okay. He's writing, he's writing the Minecraft movie. Is that the that's one the, that's being directed by the guy from Sunny in Philadelphia? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah. So, um, but I mean, more power too. I, I, and I only know that because my friend is really huge on Minecraft, and he was like, "Who is this guy? He's like thirty years old." I'm like, <laughs> "He was a writer for Wonder Woman." So, I mean, yeah, good for him. Uh, interesting that three men wrote. <laughs> Yeah, I thought for sure they'd have at least a, a one woman writer in there, but I guess all it takes is one woman director to write the show. Well, I mean, Wonder Woman was created by guys too, right? In the fifties. Um, what? Oh, do you mean the original writer? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, there's actually. Um, and did you guys catch? I think I know it was screened for for when I saw it, but there was like a I don't know, like a thirty second trailer for oh shit, now I forget the name of the movie. But it's a movie based on the creation of the Wonder Woman character. Oh yeah, I saw that. It, I it, it I was confused by that because it didn't really give you anything, and it said like hashtag woman Wonder Woman something. Yeah, it was like Mister M or like a something yeah, yeah, that's, weird. That's Mister M Wonder or something. Okay, yeah. I I misspoke, and I can't believe I forgot this. I just want to make because this is important. The original creators of the Golden Age 
Wonder Woman was actually a male-female husband-wife duo. Oh, okay, cool. Uh, all right. So, William Moulton Marston created Wonder Woman, but she gave him all the ideas, and uh, the character was actually inspired by her, uh, Elizabeth Sadie Holloway Marston, and she lived to be 100 years old. Jeez. She was born in 1893 and only died in 1993, and uh, she had multiple degrees in psychology and writing, and she gave her husband all the ideas, so good for you, Sadie Marston. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so, no, it wasn't just created by a man, so which is, I think, kind of... And I think that shows yeah. when you write, when you see an initial carrot, like golden age of comics, Stanley's females with the cute, tiny corsets and the huge boobs that didn't happen with Wonder Woman. Yeah, that did not. And she was portrayed very muscular Amazonian. And I think that's probably because of her influence. I can see that. Yeah. Sorry, I just I, I misspoke and I wanted to make sure. No, I no, you're myself. good. <laughs> um, I was just going to add, since we were talking about that that movie about the creation of Wonder Woman, Luke Evans is going to play the creator that uh, the Doctor William Moulton for that movie. Cool. So that could be one uh, to keep an eye on. Oh, I was I was under the impression that was like a documentary. It's an actual like it's a it's a movie about the creation. It's not a legit documentary. Oh, okay. I just wanted to say when I was watching Wonder Woman and sitting through the hours of credits. Uh, I had no clue what that was about. It just had, like, the letter M yeah. Yeah. and some talking behind it. And Adam and I looked at each other like, what the hell was that? Yeah. yeah. And only afterwards, we're like, oh, it's a... Why didn't they come out and say that? I mean, I there know. was more... I feel like they could have done a better job of telling you what exactly it was. <laughs> Especially if you're seeing the movie that was based on the character that is created in that other movie. Yeah, you see exactly. a flash of, like, some woman as Wonder Woman, and they're like, Mr. M, and you're yeah. like... <laughs> What? <laughs> yeah, it was really confused. Um, I actually have a question for you guys, and this is something that I posed to the uh, grown-up human comic people. I did not feel that Wonder Woman, until recently, okay? Keep in mind that this was the 75th anniversary of Wonder Woman, and even though that first trailer was amazing, I saw more, and this just could be DC, I saw so much more publicity for say guardians of the galaxy 2 than i ever saw for wonder woman until very recently yeah i would and agree with that i, I wanted yeah. to see if you what you guys felt about that because i was getting a little pissed about it but i was met with oh it's dc well you think of how much they promoted they, batman v superman and suicide squad like Super, yeah, suicide I, squad was fucking everywhere yeah, yeah. I, I think they tried to learn from their mistakes and they they kind of kept it a little under wraps, and then when they saw how, after how big of a success it was, they were like, "Okay, now we can kind of send it out there. Like this movie's pretty awesome. Let's 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 get it." Yeah, I'm trying to think because I I I'll be honest. I a lot of we were inundated with Batman v Superman, yeah, yeah. And Suicide Squad. I mean, it was everywhere. Um, well, Suicide Squad. I just couldn't get away from it. Yeah. Uh, a lot, I mean, for me personally, at least, a lot of the movies I'm looking forward to, and Wonder Woman was one of those movies, I might watch the first two trailers, but after that, I'm trying to stay away from any other trailers or TV commercials, so I was actively trying to avoid some of that stuff, so maybe it was out there and I just didn't notice it. However, sort of like what Andy was saying, I think between the stuff that they spoiled and the Batman-Superman promotion, the, mm -hmm. the 
shoving Suicide Squad down your throat and then having people look at all the marketing and be like, this is great, and then seeing the movie and saying, this is not great. <laughs> I think they're, they yeah. were trying to, like, piecemeal it, and once the buzz started, like Andy was saying, I think once the, they started focus testing, the buzz started getting there, people were actually liking it, and then it was like, oh, let's just start slapping it everywhere because this is going to generate really good word of mouth. We'll get more people to see it. But yeah, it might be too little too late, but I don't I don't know. I do think good word of mouth is happening. I think anybody that mm-hmm. I've talked to really likes the movie and, you know, it, I think more people are are more trusting of their friends saying they like it than reading online reviews right. and then trying to go see mm-hmm. a movie. It's amazing what uh what uh um word of mouth can do mm-hmm. as a marketing standpoint. Well, look at Guardians. What like yeah. 2 or 3 yeah. years ago? Oh yeah, Guardians is the best example of that in terms of like a comic book genre. I mean, even I never read Guardians of the Freaking Galaxy. And if <laughs> yeah. you read the original Guardians of the Galaxy, it has very little to do what hap- with what came out in the movies. Right, right. So it's just this random group of characters. I mean, I, yeah, they, I feel when when I heard Thanos was involved, I'm like, oh, I, I hate Thanos. <laughs> I, you know, but it it was a great movie. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, word of, and, and there's so many movies just that got around based on word of mouth. Yeah. Um, yeah. Do you, you know, another of... example of that, uh, what, what was the, uh, the, the racial, contra- the horror movie made by the guys Get from, out. uh, Get Out. That was a big word of mouth movie. Yeah. Yeah. So I, yeah. yeah word of mouth can change a, um, unpopular movie into an instant cult classic yes no, there you very go. quickly yeah. yeah i mean that's what makes cult classics really yeah yeah so. and it's usually not until like the movie's been out on dvd for a little while and people like didn't see it because it didn't get right you know any, any traction in the theaters because of big budget movies that mm-hmm. end up taking every fucking showtime available at the movie theater <laughs> <laughs> yeah what was you, the um, uh, uh, Boondock Saints, Empire Records, any cult movie, especially from the 90s and the early 2000s, oh, yeah. probably good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. One more question I want to throw out there before we get into the spoilers. Uh, somebody, a friend of mine asked me this because he hadn't seen Batman Superman, and then I thought that might actually be a good thing to talk about. Do you think people that haven't seen the rest of the DCEU DCEU movies, which means like Man of Steel, Suicide Squad, Batman v Superman. Do they need to see any of that before seeing Wonder Woman, or can they go no. into Wonder Woman cold? Uh, I went I to see absolutely it with, not. I, I went to see it with my girlfriend, and uh, she has never seen Man of Steel or Batman v Superman. Um, but she saw Suicide Squad. No. Okay. She okay. didn't see any of that. Okay. Um, I had to explain a little bit about like the photograph and the Wayne Enterprises thing. Mm-hmm. Right. But that's it. Uh, she caught on to everything really quickly. It, it right. took maybe like a three minute conversation <laughs> to yeah. like catch her up to that. So, uh, I, I, I agree. You don't, you don't need to see those. Yeah. I think it can exist in a, as a standalone film without the rest of the DC universe. Yeah. I agree. I think, yeah. If this, this is probably the, out of the four, I think this is the only one you could watch by itself and that, that would be it. I think Man of Steel, uh, needs to be seen before Batman v Superman. And I think yes. both of them probably need to be seen before Suicide Squad, just to get the background information of what's happening prior to Suicide Squad happening. Yeah, so, I agree. Through, I try to forget Suicide Squad. Do they touch on a little bit of the Batman v Superman stuff? I mean, you get Batman cameos in that movie. And there's oh, some Bruce true. Wayne stuff. Like they're they're talking peripherally about Superman and stuff that's going on. That's true. Um, 
Yeah. So yeah, if you if you're out there and you haven't seen Wonder Woman and you haven't seen any of the other DC movies, just go see Wonder Woman. You can thank us later. Um, and I think that's probably a good time. We'll we'll try to get into specifics now. So if you've gone this far, uh, we've done our general discussion, so we're gonna throw out the spoiler warning now. If you haven't seen Wonder Woman yet, you can pause us. If you don't want to get spoiled, come back to us after you've seen the film. So this is your final warning for spoilers for Wonder Woman. Wee wee spoiler. Wee wee spoiler. You know something like that. All right, and then we are back into the spoiler zone. Uh, so I don't know where you guys. Is there anything specific you guys want to start with that you want to talk spoilery? Um, uh, one of the coolest parts, in my opinion, was uh, Ares. Okay. After okay. after the reveal. Did, oh. the, did the surprise did the reveal surprise you? Who ended up being uh, Ares? I kind of saw it coming. Like I de- I definitely didn't think it was the guy they were leading like towards that Lindendorf guy. Yeah. Oh, I knew yeah. it wasn't him. No, Do you know who I actually thought it was going to be? Obvious. Was the poison lady. That's who I thought. And, yeah. and especially with a, a female protagonist, I right. thought it would obvi- you know, uh what's wrong with the gender better god? I mean, yeah. we've got a yeah. island full of women. Uh, Aries, they never show Aries' face, so it could be a woman, although muscular. I, that was actually one of my biggest complaints because that uh, that actor, you know, he pre- plays Professor Lupin in Harry Potter, <laughs> yeah. and they did even when he they put his nerdy British face, including like the porno stash, <laughs> on top of this, like when they did the flashback to whenever he was thrown by Zeus down in Earth. Yeah, like. British aged face onto this young hunky body. It just didn't work for me. Yeah. Um. I I thought that was one of the more the weaknesses of the film. Um. I never in a million years thought it was that Nazi general guy. I thought it was the poison lady. It, that could have probably worked actually. I I was it was between her and the the guy who actually ended up being Ares, but I tended to go towards uh, him because of uh, when she lost her notebook. And like that wind kind of came, and then she found that one note that she was like, "Oh, I can find something." It seemed to point that she was being influenced. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Which you later come to of course, reveal the, that does happen. <laughs> at the other side of it, if like, like I'm I'm with Becky. I thought it was going to be that Doctor Maru or whatever her name was, the poison, poison poison lady. Um, but I. You know, if she's not Ares, I feel like she's wasted. Like she didn't, she didn't really do anything. Yes, there's, there's, she's largely forgettable if she's not the villain. She's forgettable, and also they give these glimpses. She was another character that I thought they could have expanded on because you can yeah. see that she's kind of this tortured soul, and she's very bright. She's ingenious, and yeah. she's sort sort of a chemical genius, but. Why is she doing these things? I mean, there's a lot yeah. of history there with Turkey and Russia yeah. and why she would have motivations for the war. But you're right. I think that's an opportunity wasted for in, in, in Ares greater, um, motif, this whole, in his greater scheme of look at this woman. She's evil. If they would have given her a backstory, it would have like matched up better with Wonder Woman saying, look, humans are good. They have the capacity for good, but right. they're also flawed. She has a reason for wanting to get back at, you know, X, Y, Z. But I know, and this was, again, a complaint that Adam had that I kind of agreed with, except for Diana, um, Hippolyta, and and Robin Wright. I I 
what was her name? The general, the Amazonian general. Ant- Antiope or Ant- yeah. Ant- 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 Antiope. Antiope, yeah. Antiope. Um, except for her and Chris Pine's character, Steve, no one really got a fleshed out backstory or character development. Um, the ancillary characters, that little group of people, um, and, and I don't want to jump too much into it, but they really don't mean much. Um, I, I would argue that Ares is the only character that gets some backstory or motivation. Um, so, and I think that's a problem for everyone except those four characters. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that the, um, the scene at the gala where Chris Pine's talking to, um, Dr. Poison would have been a perfect time to expand on her background a little bit. Yes, but instead they just have her looking into the flames. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then he notices Diana comes into the room and then she's like, I can see you're distracted. And then you're like, Oh, I, I mean, that is the, honestly, that's probably the best scene for her. Cause you do start to get a little bit of backstory. Like you can, you can sort of read between the lines there. Yeah. And then it's and really then, quickly and then you just cut yeah, off. Kind of like, Oh, <laughs> there is um, the was one. She- was she an actual Wonder Woman villain? No. I, I don't... Okay, this is something created no. for the movie. Yeah, I think... Or at least not to my knowledge. Again, I haven't read all of Wonder Woman, but to my knowledge, at least in the Golden Age and the more recent ones, I never read 70s or 80s Wonder Woman. Um, I thought she was just an example of... Uh, and this was another small complaint I had. Um, in World War Two. Uh, was the the use of gas warfare and chemical warfare was so bad that they banned it in World War II. Um, you see photos of that Dr. Poison lady with a beautiful face and old fo- photographs. Something obviously happened. You know, they could have just put it in a 10-second blurb, like, oh, the Russians did this to Turkey. It would make historical sense. It would make sense for the plot. But yeah, they kind of just leave it hanging, and I, I was a little upset by that. But, uh, and, and tying in very quickly... For a person who doesn't know much about World War One or World War Two, there, except for the no man's land and the gas warfare, you probably could have switched it with World War Two and been nine the wiser. Except that I think they were purposely trying to stay away from it because of Captain America. Oh, and I know they were, and 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 Diana's original she in her backstory she comes in World War One. Okay. Steve is a character from Golden Age. Okay. Um, but my point is, is that in the film it wasn't you don't get a lot of sense of world war one like uh downton abbey world war one i mean you get the ptsd and you get the the chemical warfare but that's about it yeah so and and the the fashions yeah well i guess at the same time like the you know for the they don't want to maybe get hung up on on some of that stuff like maybe trying not to play for complete historical accuracy because they're going to take some liberties because they basically have two gods fighting each other at the end of the movie. Of course. I mean, and they're question everyone's except for Diana is questioning that the whole time. Right. So, um, and I think that like you mentioned the the three or four characters that actually got screen time and we're actually able to get to know, I think are better for it. So if they had Mm -hmm. to devote time just to those four, I'm, I'm okay with that. Yeah. I, and I completely agree. I just, I, I didn't like Ares as a character in the reveal altogether. I just, I don't it's know. It's on the it, verge of laughable to me, I think. And mainly just because of the it, way he looks and I think the accent. I think when you hear, like, the god of war, like, you, it should be like, I, I don't know. I guess I just envisioned, like, a bigger guy, a masculine, deep voice. 
Well, people said the same thing about Bane's voice. True. I guess it's true, yeah. Um, but, I'm sorry, but the face, uh, the, the, the aged 50-year-old British face on the hunky 20-year-old body was just, <laughs> that, that, that was, was, I laughed. Pretty I laughed. bad. Um, I, I don't know. I, I, but, you know, we can he and all about all, uh, I think Dr. Poison would have been a better choice and they chose, you know, Professor Lupin instead. Uh, but, I mean, they did what they did. Do I agree with it? No. But I think it speaks, again, a lot to the lack of character development in everyone but the main characters. It yeah. wouldn't have taken very long to give, say, the Scotsman with PTSD, like, a minute of backstory of why he has PTSD, a minute of character development to the Native American smuggler, why he does the way he does beyond saying, his people killed my people. O okay. <laughs> why are you a smuggler? Um, you know, just... just 30 seconds could have helped. Uh, 30 seconds to say why Dr. Poison is the way she is. Well, actually, just sort of to compare again, because I feel like it's going to happen just over the course of our discussion with Captain America. The Howling Commandos don't get any screen time that much besides, like, let's go on missions in Captain America. Like, you don't get any backstory True. for those guys either. Bucky does, though. Well, and yeah. For obvious reasons. Yeah, right, but... yeah. But, but, but he contributes to that World War II soldier narrative. Yeah. He's a sidekick. We get the sidekick's narrative, and not a lot of people knew that Bucky was going to be... Well, I mean, unless you read the books. You know, I'd say that comic book layman, if you will, <laughs> uh, didn't know that Bucky was going to be such a big character with the Winter Soldier. Right. We have these sidekicks that uh, Steve chose because these are his go-to guys. Well, why are they your go-to guys? Because they didn't really get fleshed out. Right. They're just guys who, by the way, weren't very useful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he did all the work. They were just kind of there. <laughs> yeah. I mean, um, well, the smuggler got them on the ship. Yeah. Ares bashing aside, I thought they did a pretty good job with the armor. I thought that yes. looked like... The look of uh, him, yeah. Yeah, when he had the armor, I thought... Uh, and I, I kind of liked the scene where he made the eye slits for his helmet. Yeah. That I thought cool. that was pretty badass. Um, I like that too. I thought they, they did a good job of showing the Ares armor that I have come to know from the comics. Mm -hmm. Which, I mean, if you look at uh, Doomsday from Batman v Superman, what? Right? So I, I thought that they, they did a good job of throwing that back to what you could see in, I don't know, Injustice, the video game, or something, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, just hanging with the Ares character and stuff like that. The third act fight between the two of them. What did you guys think of that fight? Because I feel like I have some issues with that whole with heavily... the Ares-Diana fight? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think it was supposed to be, like, this epic throwdown between gods, which is what she is. She's the daughter of Zeus. She is a god killer. So there was going to be some, and I think, you know, Adam whined about this too, uh, but, yeah, sorry, Adam. <laughs> uh, but, I mean, no, he, he makes some good points as a person who was criticizing an otherwise lauded film. Uh, you get this comparison between Steve fighting man and, and making choices that a man would in wartime. Uh -huh. And then you get Diana fighting a god with godlike powers. I, I mean, there's... What didn't you like about it, Brian? 
I think it was more, and I don't really know what I expected from it, because you know that, like, even watching the movie, it's going to lead to that. Like, that's where the movie's headed, a third act fight like that. I think it, it, it seemed to accentuate a lot of the problems I think with, I have with Zack Snyder stuff. Like, it just reminded me of the Doomsday fight from Batman Superman, which I wasn't really a fan of, how heavily that relied on CG and all that stuff. Right. Like, up until the, up until that point, I felt like the CG stuff was ne- negligible. I mm-hmm. think the action sequences and stuff where a lot of stuff felt like it was done practically until you get to that last third act and then it's just CG everywhere, really dark, explosions, Zack Snydery stuff, and I, yeah. I'm kind of over it. I think you need to have that, though, for a God be God That's fight. what I was yeah, that's, to Yeah, and that's what I mean. Like, I don't you, know, really yeah. know what I was expecting instead unless, of that. Unless you just have them, like, literally trading punches and that uh, honestly gets a little boring. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can do that with Steve versus another human. Yeah. Which we got. Yeah, multiple times. Um, I, I will say that most of my complaints, ancillary, lack of character development and ancillary characters aside, most of my complaints are with the third act. Because the times that I was emotionally moved were, uh, I mean, the battle scenes um, in, and I'm never going to be able to say this right, Thymoscira, the, the island, yeah. the Amazonian yeah. I think, island. Yeah, I think you got it. Okay, well, awesome. Um, I could speak of many languages, and Greek is not one. <laughs> so um, that battle with these kick-ass women and their, you know, CGI is negligible. And then you've got Diana and No Man's Land, which was my favorite part. Oh, when yeah. she comes out of the trench and that music's oh, going. <laughs> which is the I first time that. I think we start to hear when she, like, marches on that town right after crossing the trenches is the first time in the movie we hear her, like, theme song. Theme song. Yes. Mm-hmm. I, I loved it. But in the third act, nearly, like, 90% of my complaints are with the third act. So, you know, the CGI, some editing issues, the reveal of Ares, the lack of reveal with Dr. Poison... Um, and finally, Steve's decision to off himself. He could have very easily not killed himself. In fact, that's what he does in the books. <laughs> he lives, and they go on many other adventures, but they needed to get rid of him so she can go to the future and fight with the rest of, you know, with Aquaman and Batman. But uh, I, I just thought, well, I'm the one who needs to go, and I'm the one that needs to die. Well, first of all, Wonder Woman could have probably taken care of that because she's a god in about ten minutes and lived. But And Steve probably could have went, you know, set, like, a, a, one of those, you know, what is it? Um, like a remote detonation device? A re- or well, like a it's timed... World War One, Or even, like, one of those lines of gas and then, you know, shot it while he's jumping out of a par- like a parachute. And he would have been just fine. I don't think they needed to kill him off, except just to end his plot line so they can make more movies without right. him. Right. Um, yeah, I think more but to... that was unnecessary. Becky, even just to your point, because they, they show Wonder Woman earlier... After, I think they cross No Man's Land, when they gas it, she's walking around in the gas, so she can obviously survive yeah. the gas. Right. Yeah. And as soon as they said that, I think Steve asked somebody, I forget which one of his teammates, but he asked if it's flammable, like, basically, can we blow it up? They say yes. So why do you have to be on the plane to blow it yeah. up? Just blow up the plane. Just You don't want to blow up the plane when it's on the ground, though, right? Because you'll, you'll just kill all the... And all the Nazis, which, which would have been fine anyway. Well, no, they said yeah, that. They, but they, they don't want to... all the villages are dead by then, so... Um, well, I'm not and sure. Also, but even he didn't, just... really wanna, he didn't really want to kill all the Nazi guys either. Well, I guess and I'm that just... was cut. You needed that end shot of when Ares died, everyone hugged each other. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Uh, come on. That was a little heavy-handed. <laughs> I mean, I guess I'm just unsure what he did in the air that he couldn't do on the ground. 
Like, unless think, maybe well, that explosion to... was supposed to be a lot bigger than I thought it was. Maybe it just looked I, small. I think that's it. Yeah. I think that was it. And, and, oh, yeah. And the other thing they didn't develop in the third act was, um, so they had, at that gala, they had set up all those chairs, presumably so that they could Oh, witness... yeah, they, they never, yeah, they never actually My... had anybody sit in those. <laughs> no, and I'm, the, the point was, look, we still have a shot at winning this war. Here's how. But, and that would have taken five seconds. You know, like, yeah. look, we, the, the, um, Austria-Hungarian army still has power. Look what we can do to a village in a matter of seconds. And, but that was never explained. Yeah, that definitely fizzled. Yeah. I mean, those were some editing choices that I disagree. But again, all third act. Did Zack Snyder take over the third act? <laughs> I, <laughs> um, I have a question about the, the final battle too. Um, if Zeus's, the god of gods, Zeus, struck down Ares and he did not die, what chances does Wonder Woman have for actually ending Ares totally? I don't think Zeus meant to kill him. I think he just meant to banish him. Like, didn't he banish him to to live amongst the humans? I thought that was the point. I don't think he meant to kill him. I thought he meant to banish him from from Olympia, if you will. Olympus, rather. Okay, yeah, I guess I could see that. Because I was going to say, what's the point of banishing him if he still has power? But I guess if he's just off Olympus and can't come back to be with the other gods, maybe that's punishment enough? That was what I got from it. But I see, what, I, I get what you're saying. That's a but, but then he, concern. But then he sends, and he gives uh, the Amazons his daughter to eventually kill him? Why wouldn't he? I, I don't know. The... Because we need to have I'm a Wonder curious. Woman movie. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm curious, though. Uh, Ares kills all the other gods, which are basically Zeus's family, right? Yes. I, sorry, what did you say? I said Ares kills all the other gods when they have this war, right? Uh, I think that was on the war. backstory, like the, the, backstory, the, flashboard, right the beginning. flashback yeah. stuff. Yeah, okay. I you didn't... Know, when she's telling the story, like, Ares kills all these gods. He, he, he's on top of this mountain and these gods are just dying, you know, and then all of a sudden Zeus comes in and throws a lightning bolt and knocks Ares off, the, off Olympus. Yes. And secondary question, where's Zeus? I thought they said that he sort of like went down when Ares did, right? Like Ares just fell off of Olympus and was on his own and then Zeus died? Well, Zeus couldn't have died because he had to make sweet, sweet love with Hippolyta to create <laughs> Diana. Point taken. So, I, I, I mean, look, I, I, there's a lot. I mean, it's Greek mythology. There's so many stories and, and I honestly don't know Golden Age Wonder Woman enough sufficiently to give you those answers but i don't know it it's it's already a long movie but i think that there was some there was some long-ish moments that didn't need to be there where character development and fleshing out the third act could have been there yeah Yeah. um but again i don't think that with and i have some complaints with this movie obviously i don't think that it took away from the strengths and the importance of you know Wonder Woman and Diana, because Diana's the main character. They fully explained her, her motivations, and how they change. That was done very well. Yeah. So. Um, my theory, though, is that she did not kill Ares. Okay. Well, obviously not, because, you know, even though those, uh, well, they're not Nazis, even though the Austro-Hungarian soldiers hugged it out in Belgium, you know, how many years until Hitler rose up? <laughs> right. Three? <laughs> so... <laughs> He's still around, probably, you know. 
take right. embodying, you know, Goebbels and Hitler. <laughs> All right, so I was going to try to work around to this somehow, but this seems like a good a time as any. Um, end of the film ends with uh, Diana giving a voiceover. Now, it sounds like she's been, like, after World War One, she's been fighting and protecting the human race, right? Yes, and they show that at the very end. I think she, it's almost like Batman hears a siren, and or Spider-Man, and she goes out to save people. Okay, so explain to me why, because I'm under the impression this, her, her, the bookends of this movie take place after Batman Superman. So, up until, between, like, when, when, they, when we see her in Batman Superman, it seems like she's sort of abandoned the fight. Like, she is reluctant to join and protect the human race. So what the hell happened there? That seems to go no, against I, the voiceover she, she talks about at the end of the movie. That's why she shows up is to help. But Bruce Batman comes to her in. saying, "Like we need your help," and she tries to get no, on a plane no, and leave. He comes to her to to, to to for her to join the Justice League. She's more of a solo act at yeah. that point. But she's, I mean, that that's the reason she shows up and protects Batman from Doomsday's blast. Not, see, but nothing about like her character and her reactions in that movie lead me to believe like as soon as she hears shit go down, she's like, "I'm going." It seems like she's like trying to not do it, and then it's like, "Oh, you know what? I better because now they need me." Okay, well, I I have a theory. Um, so she presumably let's say that she thinks she kills Ares or at least has vanquished him to somewhere, and then World War Two happens, which and the Holocaust happens, and then. The Cold War happens, and all of these horrible things, and 9-11, and all these things, and maybe she becomes jaded until she gets reminded by Bruce Wayne in this letter of what she did with Steve, and then she goes out and changes her mind. And that I'll buy. I That that makes sense to me. I just, I feel like I needed a little bit more connective tissue there. And maybe all of these wars, maybe her uh, reluctance to get into the action as you as you're you're questioning brian um is her actually trying to um uh unearth aries okay so so her mission is even after world war one with all the other shit that's going on she must still believe that aries is still out there and she's still well, just trying um, to get him man man is still killing men so by her uh past i mean what her mother taught her and everything like that means that aries is still there okay so in the interim she's just strictly hunting aries and not really worried about too much other stuff going on i'd say that's probably still her main goal okay yeah because like i mean i just feel like it, it's been a while since i watched the movie but i feel like in batman superman her and bruce have a conversation about how she sort of had given up protecting man because they're always fighting yeah. and that kind of thing. And that's why I think that's why I think that it's plausible that she gets reminded of the heroism. This man that she very possibly loved um, has kind of rebooted her love for man and as a result of seeing what she accomplished with Steve, she goes back out there. Okay. Yeah, I'll buy that. That's, I mean, armchair theory. <laughs> <laughs> it's better than the movie gave me, so I'll take it. The 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 final line of the third act really kind of bothered me. I thought that was pretty super cheesy. Which was uh, when she goes diving into the air, like something about uh, oh yeah, all we need is love, or love conquers all, uh, or something. Yeah. As she dives into the, I was like, eh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you got an all we need is love ending at the Gal Guardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, it's, I, don't, I don't know. It, I mean, it, it I... seemed kind of a cop out 
for the rest of the movie to me. I agree. And it's a and ending that Doctor Who uses a lot that I hate. <laughs> um, but, I mean, it's not entirely... It's not out of the question that her love for both humankind, her love for her mother, and her love for Steve is what's feeling her. Yeah. It's true. It just... It seemed pretty... Um, Flimsy? Flimsy, <laughs> prototypical of something... I w- <laughs> Not to sound like uh, um, like a guy talking about a woman, but it's, <laughs> it, it, it seemed to be a stereotype to me. Of, I agree. A woman's, uh, of a woman's superhero. Well, let me... All right, so maybe I'll spin off into... So most movies, like the, the archetype in movies, is to have some sort of romance... Steve and Diana are meant to be together just because of the way the comics panned out. Do you think their romance felt forced in this movie? Like over the course so. of a couple of days, they're falling no, for each other, or you you bought Steve, it? Steve and Wonder Woman in the comics are more platonic. Well, they they're obviously like, probably have more time, right? To oh, of course, to get through it. Um, I. But on the other hand, I enjoyed that it was more of a. Having said what I just said. I'm just giving you some flimsy connective tissue because DC didn't. <laughs> um, I, you know, keep in mind what she said at the beginning, that man isn't necessary for pleasure. Maybe mm-hmm. she just, you know, friends with benefits. It's a modern, you know, in our Tinder culture. And <laughs> Diana, Diana, you know, has probably had female lovers. What is Steve? Just another person that she really cares about and has sex with. Doesn't necessarily mean that's her one true love. Right. Uh, that's the way I interpret it. I think, you know, they had one night of fun and they went out and did what they needed to do. Yeah. I think, yeah, I, you always wonder like the, the relationships that are put in movies over a two hour time span. Is it going to feel like they're just together just because to set, to check off that box sort yeah. of, um, uh, it did feel a little forced. I was kind of hoping that they wouldn't get together, but given Steve's motivations, her motivation, his motivations kind of parallel hers mm-hmm. and what he's trying to do. I mean, he's an American who oddly works for British intelligence. I don't know. Um, <laughs> He's but on loan. He's on loan. Um, but, I mean, he has similar motivations to her own, saving the world from war and using kind of non-standard methods to accomplish that goal. Uh-huh. So uh, she kind of sees him, and she doesn't know she's a god at this point, as an equal. An equal that she can have feelings for doesn't necessarily mean that he's her one true love. It doesn't mean that she can't love him regardless. Yeah. You know, do you know what I mean? I'm, I'm, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, I think I got you. I mean, I was, I'm just throwing that question out there because I actually, I was digging their little romance thing. Like, I, I bought it. I, I didn't think it felt forced. I thought it happened for, you know, as organically as it could over a two-hour time span for putting these characters together for a couple days. Yeah. It might have been like the whole like uh, in the middle on the front lines. You know, war may not be a tomorrow type of get together too. Yeah. Um, what else do we want to talk about? Um, let's just talk about some of the direction. Did you guys like Patty Jenkins' directing style for this movie? Even though it might have mirrored a little bit of Zack Snyder, since we talked about that earlier. I'd like to see what she does when she's completely free of Zack Snyder's influence. 
But yeah, uh, yeah. yeah I generally like it she, very much. Is she slated to do any non DC giant? Um, any anything that's a giant universe that's that's not a giant universe that she has to like adhere to, like anything that is is a little bit more free. You mean Freeform. like upcoming or? Yeah, yeah. Like, if you do it, if you, okay, if you direct the Marvel Cinematic Universe, you're, you're expected to do this sort of thing, you know? Yeah. If you direct the DC Extended Universe, you're expected to do this sort of thing. If you direct the, well, I mean, Michael Bay is the only one that directs Transformers, but you know <laughs> what I mean? Like, <laughs> um, as of right now, she's not slated to do anything else right now. Okay. And, yeah. w- and what has she done in the past? Um, she did A Modern Affair in 1995. She did Monster. Oh, okay. Um, that With Charlie's their own. Okay. Yeah. And actually, those were her only three mo- movies. And each one of those movies won awards. Uh, you know. I thought she right, did. I mean, who, who did the... Um, I'm looking at IMDb and I'm not seeing it, so I must have it wrong. But who did the movie that was the bomb disposal with Jeremy Renner? What the hell's the oh. name of that movie? I don't remember. I thought that was her. Maybe Hurt Locker? No. Hurt Locker, yes. I thought that was her. Oh, no, no. That's a different woman. D- completely different woman. Okay. Oh, Catherine Bigelow. That's who that is. Yeah. yeah actually, uh, Patty Jenkins doesn't have much, like, a lot of credit. She was, uh, she directed a few episodes of Arrested Development and Entourage. Um, but beyond that, just Monster. I mean, Monster won you know, oh, tons, a, yeah. a lot of movies. Yeah. Um, but this was her first, I mean, beyond, uh, yeah, yeah. I'm looking at yeah. I'm looking at the IMDb credits that Becky's looking at. She has two movies: Monster and Wonder Woman. Everything else is TV or a short. I mean, she was she slated did. to do Dark World at one point, but she left that project. Yeah. Thor: Dark World. Yeah. Oh. Because she's she's apparently tight with Natalie Portman, so I think the two of them were trying to get her in for Thor, and then she left over creative differences. Anything I've heard about the making of the Thor movies, it seems like people, they struggle in the Marvel system with those movies. Yeah. I I don't know. Yeah, they really do. Kenneth Branagh did the first one. I didn't think he struggled. He didn't come back for another one, so I think he had enough after that. That's true. And I think the guy they got to replace Patty Jenkins, I think, was Alan Taylor, who did Game (laughs) of Thrones and some other things like that. And I don't think he has a good thing to say about his time directing Thor 2. Now Thor, Thor three looks like a different story. I think I think Takiti, like yeah. uh, I, I can't oh, remember. I love him. Yeah, I think <laughs> uh, he's been talking up a storm about how much fun he had doing that movie. So I'm excited to see what that turns out like. Maybe they yeah, loosened the reins a little bit after they had sort of poor showings on Thor one and two. I mean, it seems like yeah. it. Just watching the trailer, it looks like a real big departure from what the other Thor movies were. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, we actually we talked about this on the other podcast. How like, and, and of course, Thor one's gonna much like kind of the first two acts of Wonder Woman. He's God. You need to have like this grandiose kind of Nordic, you know, backstory. It's necessary. Um, and then you get the fish out of water crap. Thor two, I, I hate it. I think it was just poorly made. But Thor and this third one, Ragnarok, you've got you know his existing relationship. He's been on Earth for a while. He's been living with Stu, the IT guy. Um, <laughs> You know, it's uh, it's it's more of a comedy, but you've also got all these new characters um, coming in, which is I don't know. I think it's going to be fun, and I love to. Uh, I always mess up his name. I know Te- I can't say it either. Tahiki? Te- 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 How do you say it? Tahiti Wakiki or what? 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 Uh, 
something something like that. I'm butchering yeah. his name. I know I am. And, you know, I, I'm a big fan of his work. I mean, what we do in the shadows, I laughed so... Taika Waititi. That's Sorry. it. So, um, I don't know. And the fact that... And I know, and especially with Natalie Portman and some of the other actors said that this, you know, the air in Thor 2 was that of this is work you know we have to get through it as opposed to Ragnarok where they said that they've had a good time yeah and you can always kind of sense that in the final product uh so I'm I'm I have high hopes for Ragnarok yeah uh well leave it to us to start a DC discussion and get on Marvel (laughs) (laughs) but but there are similar like we've touched it before there's big similarities between Wonder Woman and Thor in that they both have you know, these grandiose There's, godlike uh, backstories. Mythologies, and then they've got the, yeah. They're yeah, based they've got on, the they're both based on, based, <laughs> all of a sudden I as a, as a lip. Um, <laughs> they're based on, uh, pretty rich mythologies, you right. know, so. Uh, one thing I just want to add with Patty Jenkins directing, I, that first act in Themyscira, when it's really, really bright, like that was like, Hey Zack Snyder, look what we can do. We can shoot yeah. stuff in the day. And, and and you know what? I had no idea that Robin Wright was in this movie, but I thought she fucking kicked ass as his oh, yeah. like absolute totally ass. Agree. I'm like, I kept looking. I'm like, is that Robin Wright? And then mm-hmm. like like I'm like, no, that's not her. Is that oh, her? Yeah. No, that's she, not her. You know, she's I, an holy amazing. shit! Like I had no idea what she was in this movie, and like the whole time I'm like, and then when the credits started rolling, I'm like. Yes, because I, I don't know. I've I've liked Robin Wright ever since she was in Princess Bride. Yeah. Oh, um, I, I so love I think her. she's an excellent actress, and uh, I thought, wow, like I I couldn't believe that. I I think she's, you know, kind of an A lister, and I was surprised that they were able to get her for kind of a minimal sort of role. Well, when you tell her you can have a bow and arrow and just kick a bunch of ass for mm-hmm. twenty minutes. It's like, where do I sign? Yeah, I mean, I mean, maybe she was like a huge Wonder Woman fan. Maybe that's what got her into acting. Like, I don't know. Maybe, maybe she was like, I need to be in this movie. I, I don't know. But yeah, that could be. Uh, what a role for her! I mean, I, man, I mm-hmm. thought she was awesome. Uh, sh- I and, thought and she was great, and also yeah. the um, and TUP. I'm seeing. Uh, when I went to the toy store. I actually didn't see any Steve dolls. I saw Antiope, I saw Hippolyta, and I saw a lot of Diana. Yeah. So, and, and, which is awesome. Yeah, Connie Nelson did a pretty good job, too. She's a pretty good actress mm-hmm. as well. So, I mean, I, th- I thought they, they did... <laughs> Themyscira, they did an excellent job with. Yeah. 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 I, I, I love that part. I mean, God, that first battle was so great. And who yeah. was that... I and you know, well, I love Robin. I do you watch House of Cards? I mean, Claire is just an amazing character. I, I need to I need to watch that because I mean, oh. she she watched she she wasn't there for all of the seasons, right? She's there for most, yeah. Is she okay? Yeah, See, I didn't know that Robin Wright was in it until just recently. Oh um, no, she's she's a main character. Okay, I'll have to watch it then. Definitely, and she plays an equally strong character. I mean, Claire Underwood is the yin to Frank Underwood's yang. So okay. Even when they disagree, they have the same political ambitions. So it's it's amazing, and now seeing her in this more mythic kind of kick ass with a bow and arrow. All of those women. I mean, and the other thing was the great diversity in the women. You saw people of yeah, Asian yeah, descent yeah. that. Oh, that one kick-ass, like, you know, the undefeatable gladiator, that African, you know, woman. Oh, yeah. man. 
That was great. Yeah. I, I loved all those scenes. So. Um, should we just start talking about, I mean, I think we've talked about most of the cast. I think we, the only one really, I think the two that we haven't really dug into have been, uh, Gal Gadot and Chris Pine. Yeah. So if we um, just want to touch on them, what do you guys think about them? The only drawback to Gal Gadot that I can see is that I don't think she's quite muscular enough. I was just going to say. Yeah, I completely I, I, she, agree. She, uh, don't get me wrong; she has an excellent physique, and, and she she's she's got like that lean muscle that looks really good, you know. Yeah. But she's just not quite um, chiseled enough. I can't <laughs> come up with like a word. You know, Wonder Woman's got you know, she's muscle. just a little thicker yeah. muscle. I mean, not she's an Amazonian chubby. princess. She's right. supposed to. I, I, and I, I think Gal do an excellent job with everything else, but I think she's. Just a little too string beanie for me. Well, I think if you'd as seen as where she came from, like, like go back and watch like Fast Five, and then watch her in Wonder oh, Woman. She, I think she, you'll notice the difference. Put on some muscles. She definitely did, but she's just just a little bit more, <laughs> in my opinion. Yeah, she uh, she gained actually twenty pounds of muscle for the role. Um, yeah, that sounds but, right. But I mean, well, I was thinking about how she kind of had to hide her training until her teenage years but then again Hippolyta let you know said train her harder than anyone else so that that excuse flies out the window I guess this was just a way of you know kind of you didn't get any sexual shots or pictures of her butt or boob popping bodices <laughs> but this kind of satiates that side of the you know the spectrum of well our standard of beauty is still slender yeah. And some women just don't gain that much wet muscle. It's like, um, right. who's the actress that always gets really angry when people call her anorexic? Um, she was in, uh, Love Actually and the, the movie about soccer. Oh, Kira Knightley. Yeah. Kira Knightley. So she's, she's very string beanie. And even when she, you know, trained with, in football slash soccer for that movie, sh- she's just a s- slender person. She's not yeah. going to gain, she's not going to buff up without steroids. So, not to derail, I, I, but I actually like that that soccer movie. <laughs> I do too. Yeah. I did like Beckham. Yeah, that was a good movie. I loved that movie. Um, so I I, I can kind of see it. I I agree. That was actually one of my whenever Gal Gadot was she was Miss Israel, and whenever she was first announced, I'm like, oh, the skinny bitch. <laughs> but uh, you know, she worked really hard. She practiced martial arts, and it shows with the lack of CG around some of her parts. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I. I'm. I loved her in this movie. I think yeah. she did a great job. She's yeah. very strong. She also has to portray that kind of naivete in this movie at the very beginning, and yeah. she did that very well. No, yeah, um, she stepped into the role excellently. Like I said, that's my only thing is I think she could be a little stronger physically. I I I generally agree. I just figured that was like the what do you call it. Uh, no, not the exception, the, the trade-off that you got. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I mean, yeah, I thought they did an excellent job with uh, um, picking the actress to do it. I think yeah. she, she is Wonder Woman. Yeah. At this point, oh, I, so. I love how Fox News said that she wasn't American enough. I'm like, oh my <laughs> god, you sweet summer children. She's not American, you morons. <laughs> um. No, but no, I, I, I think Gal Gadot did a great job. Uh, Chris Pine, to move on to Steve Trevor, 
Chris Pine just slips seamlessly into these like male protagonist roles. I mean, in Star Trek and I feel like he's very underrated. Like, he doesn't get credit for a lot of stuff that he does, and I think he's fantastic in everything that I've seen him in. I like him, too. He's If anybody's seen Horrible Bosses 2, he surprised me with how <laughs> fucking funny he is in that movie. He is funny. I Actually, my very first movie I ever saw with him was Princess Diaries 2. <laughs> that was Chris was Pine? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. He was Nicholas Devereaux. He played, you know, <laughs> But I, the, and, um, he was in an, I love this show. Uh, he was in Six Feet Under, an episode or two. Okay. Loved his character there. No, I, every, he just slipped seamlessly. He's a great actor. I, I mean, I love him in Star Trek. Mm-hmm. Um, he was in, have you ever seen Smoke and Aces? He was in Smoke and Aces. I really like that movie. I think that's, I, I, no, I haven't seen that one. That's one I do have to see. I've heard yeah. good things about that one. He, yeah, it's, I mean, it's got Ben Affleck, <laughs> um, but it's, uh, he did very well in that too, so. Did, I, is that, is I, that the movie that Madonna's ex-husband did? I can't remember Guy, her name right now. Guy Ritchie. Guy, Guy Ritchie. Is that a Guy yeah. Ritchie movie? Okay. It's a Guy Ritchie movie, yeah. Yeah. So, um, no, 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 it's not. It's, uh, Joe Carnahan, but I, he was involved. Okay. It's a Studio Canal film, which is usually Guy Ritchie, but. Okay. Um. No, I I like Chris Pine, and I, I mean, I think a, there's a lot of complaints that they always have these blonde-haired, you know, blue-eyed guys as these, like, kind of American, you know, American standard protagonists, but, I mean, St- Steve Trevor is a blonde-haired, blue-eyed American good old boy, and that's how he was written in the comics, much like Captain America. Yeah. So... Why change it? I, he did a great job. He did. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you can get somebody that looks the part of the character from the comics, you might as well go for that. And if you've ever seen, like, the illustrations of Steve Trevor, he, he looks like Steve Trevor almost down to the eyebrows, which is weird. <laughs> um, especially the, the, the 20, um, the, uh, what do you call it? The modern age Steve Trevor. So they didn't know. They both did a great job. Yeah, I agree. I think the only character that we've missed is uh, Steve Trevor's secretary. Oh, yeah. Oh, I liked her. <laughs> she was cute I for a little bit. She was in there, yeah. Yeah, I thought she did an excellent job. When she <laughs> when she um, cornered them with the sword, I thought that was awesome. <laughs> oh, God. And, and Lucy Lucy Davis is just an amazing uh, uh, creative, uh, comedic actor. I mean, she was she was in the original The Office. She played Donna. Oh, the, the okay. UK, like the very short amount of time that they were in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, she was also in. Um, uh, she was in Black Books. I like a lot of Britcoms. So <laughs> if you've ever, but um, she one that you would know. She was in. Um, why am I blanking? I'm really sorry. She was in Shaun of the Dead. <laughs> oh. Who was yeah, she in Shaun of the Dead? Diane. Oh my God! Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, You're right. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so no, she's a she's an amazing um, uh, comedic actress. I like her. And actually, uh, <laughs> my I keep mentioning Adam because he's the one who hated the movie, which is kind of rare. That was the one character he loved. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, I thought they. I thought I thought they did an excellent job with her. Yeah, I was actually Andy, glad they didn't like overuse her. Me too. At, at first, when they got back to London, I thought they might do that but they yeah. didn't so 
No, I thought I thought they 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 hit the nail right on the head. Yeah, not not two less, not two more. Like they got it just right with her. Mm-hmm. Um, correct me if I'm wrong. Does does anyone between Batman, Superman, and this movie do they ever refer to Diana as Wonder Woman? No, because I didn't think so either. Do you no. think that's something you want to hear? Like, do, do you think it'd be better to have her use her title or just leave it be and be done does with it? Does she have does she have the WW on her like armor? I think it's no. part of the. I thought it was part of the logo. I thought it was somewhere in like the her belt ish area. I, I thought it was like kind of like her bodice. Wait, give me a second. <laughs> Get um, the Barbie. But I don't. I don't think it's ever actually associated with her superhero name. Yeah, I mean, like the logo might okay. be incorporated in the outfit. Yes, but they, it is. They never. <laughs> and do you know how I know? I got my Barbie. Um, <laughs> the Wonder Woman belt is the WW. You're right. Okay. Okay. Um, is, it, is it around her bodice as well? Not down, on her bodice, down, just down, in the belt. Down. Yeah, like right where her strap is. A little bit there. WW too. Yeah. Just in her belt, but I think it's a lot more on the back. You can't really see it very well. It has the scene from the movie. It's a lot more subtle. Yeah, yeah. In, in, in the um the movie, because this kind of blends the comic book and the movie. Um, the movie one you uh, you can't see it very well, but uh, it's a lot more subtle. Like you can't really, unless you're looking for it, you won't be able to see it. Um, but I wonder, given, <laughs> given the wonder. Um, <laughs> oh Jesus! <laughs> that was not intentional. He'll be here all night, folks. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so. Oh, yeah, yeah. So I'm looking at the, um, from the movie, like a still from the movie. It, unless you're looking for it, you won't notice. You can see it, but it's not a defined W. You can right. see it. That being said, uh, World War One, not a lot of monikers. Uh, that doesn't happen until, you know, the superhero age of the 50s and forward. So I wonder if maybe she adopts that when she joins the I'm, team. I'm wondering if it won't be a... Uh, somewhat of a side plot to Justice League, or or we'll get the reveal of like why That's... he acquires that name, or if people just start calling her that, kind of you know. Yeah. See, I don't know the way Did... they establish like you know this more dark and gritty quote unquote, and then like the grounded style they seem to be going with these tones for these movies. I could see them not using it at, at all, and maybe just even throwing it as a, as a joke, like oh, what are you, some sort of Wonder Woman? <laughs> yeah. Be done with it. Yeah, Did I'm wondering because they... um, didn't like the uh, Tim Burton Batman flicks? Didn't they have like newspapers? Was like, oh, the Batman strikes again, and he just kind of like yeah. took that name or whatever. I'm, I'm wondering if that doesn't like this this woman of wonder, and they're like, oh, Wonder Woman, you know? Like, oh, there you go. Yeah, she just gets a nickname and sticks with it. Yeah, I mean that's what they did with Watchmen. Uh, they they took nicknames and took them hard, like the comedian, for example. Right. Uh, what? What did they name her in Batman versus Superman? I don't remember. Did they just call her Diana? I don't think she just ever... kind of shows up. Yeah. I don't remember if they I, ever... I don't remember either. And then and then Batman says to Superman or Superman says to Batman, "Is she with you?" No, I thought she was with you. Yeah. By so the way, I, I don't, she's I don't... the best part of that movie. Oh, I agree. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I I forget. I'm so sorry. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I'm just, I was trying to think back because I know they don't call it her, call her Wonder Woman in this movie. And I just didn't know if they'd just stick to Diana the whole time and we won't actually get like 
someone calling her Wonder Woman. Do, but do we get a scene in Batman v Superman with Lex Luthor in prison? Yes. At the end. Yes. Where oh, someone's in, in the cell with him or whatever. Uh, he's in a cell by himself. And isn't someone talking to him or something? Oh uh, yeah, someone someone talks to him. Do you think that's Ares? Hmm. Maybe. No, because I think I think we're led to assume, or at least it's hinted at, that that the villain he talks to is somehow associated for Justice League, and I think it's some sort of minion of oh, uh, uh, Darkseed. Darkseed, okay. Mm. But you never, I mean, Ares can presumably kind of influence or perhaps even possess a human. I was right. going to say, yeah, I'm not saying it's ruled some out, of the, but some of the gods were polymorphs, right? Yeah, and they I were thought, gender benders too. Yeah, so. Which is why they missed an opportunity to make Dr. Poison. I'm still... <laughs> that's kind of my biggest... Honestly, that was my biggest takeaway. Like, come on, guys, really? That and Steve not blowing himself on the plane. <laughs> not, not blowing himself on the plane. Huh? Blowing himself was he up missing, on the plane. Is he missing ribs? I mean... <laughs> you you walked right into that one. Yeah. I did. <laughs> uh, okay, speaking of planes, do you think we'll ever get the invisible jet? Yes. Where does that come about? Uh, the Invisible Jet comes... Ah, I just looked this up the other day. Uh, the Invisible Jet comes at the very end of the Golden Age. How does she acquire she that? Uh, I, it, doesn't she just kind of like jump? She was definitely like floating something? in midair with Ares at I, the end of so the movie. So she can't fly proper. I think she can jump far and high. But, like, if she's going very... Okay. I think she was only floating with Ares because didn't she have, like, didn't he kind of electrocute her and she kind of had that energy in her? All right. I've got the answer. Comic book Becky. Okay. To rescue. <laughs> in, from the Golden Age until Infinite Earths, which is 82 or 85, Wonder Woman could not fly. Okay. After Infinite Earths, so after 80s in modern, she can't fly. So hence the necess- necessity of the invisible jet. Okay, so in this movie, does she fly or does she not fly? Because if my she can fly, she... she doesn't need the jet. If she can't fly, she could maybe have the jet. My guess, so I know through the Silver Age of Comics, it's because I looked this up yesterday for someone, she can imitate she can ride wind currents imitating flight over short distance but cannot fly long distance that would be my guess in this movie okay. if you looked at Ares, he kind of had the same flight yeah. well, pattern as she did <laughs> so uh, maybe maybe they're just yeah like short-term right. flyers so, <laughs> so i have a follow-up question then if we're if if they if we establish that she cannot fly and she would need the jet would they actually give her an invisible fucking jet? Or is that too hokey for so, this tone they've tried to establish? The invisible plane was actually made on um, Bioscora slash Paradise Island. Uh, you know, Paradise Island was the name they gave to the island originally on the Amazonian. So it was made then. Um, she created it. She created it for her mother's army. Um, and she was afraid that the plane slash craft that they had would be shot down in the man's world, so she made it invisible. Okay. Uh, but, uh, 
in now the way that DC screws things up, <laughs> it's probably going to be made by Bruce Wayne Enterprises. <laughs> yeah, I feel like that's that more would likely. be that would be my guess because it just wouldn't make sense. Oh, this leads me to another question for you guys: Has she not returned to Paradise Island? Do you think that she? I mean, her mother says you might never return. Presumably, maybe after her battle with Ares, or just maybe that she likes mankind so much that she might. Is she not allowed well, to come back? I, I don't know because it, it, it's pretty ambiguous. Because um, she says, "You may never return." I'm not sure if that's like a permission thing or if it's like a like a might. You know what I mean? Because you can say like, I, "You may not enter." Uh, it's like okay, I'm I'm denying you access. You know? Yeah, but I I, I, I could see... I couldn't I couldn't catch the 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 tone of her voice when she said it. I'm like, is that is that her saying like you are? exiled from paradise island or if it was like uh you might die and not actually be able to make it i I couldn't catch the tone i'm a little torn because one i think when diana leaves and she has a conversation with her mother it ends with like her mother saying something along the lines of this is the saddest day of my life right yeah that's true which could you could infer that's her being exiled but at the same time i'm under the impression diana chooses not to go back because she's not done protecting man yeah. That was my thought too, and that and given how DC does things, I I bet you ten bucks Wayne Enterprises makes that damn plane. <laughs> I, I, you know, now that I'm thinking about it, because it just wouldn't make sense that I mean, obviously, because she was so naive when she was growing up on Thymoscara slash Paradise Island. Uh, obviously, that backstory wouldn't work. You know, it's going to be Wayne. Enterprise. Well, plus, I think for the for the architecture and stuff they established for Paradise Island, I don't know if you could explain away her creating the plane there when they're using like medieval weapons and stuff like that right right well i mean and again that was back the the creation of the invisible plane during the silver age was her knowing her godlike powers and improving upon her mother's limited powers so uh yeah they're not going to do that (laughs) it it's it's Mm got to be morgan freeman creating the damn plane retcon something something (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so, <laughs> is Morgan Freeman in the extended universe? No, I don't. Think I thought so, he right? was just he was a Chris Nolan. Nolan right? Yeah, Chris the, Nolan. like the three shot. Yeah, but I would love for him to just make an appearance and say, "Diana, <laughs> I made you this plane. I, I, I've, I'm a big fan of yours, and yeah. I just thought that this would suit you. That would be pretty <laughs> badass. Yeah. You know, and then he just leaves, and then she goes, <laughs> "Thank you," <laughs> and that would be it. I would love that. I mean, that, that would be the that's... best way to explain it away. Like if you're gonna have it be by Wayne Enterprises, at least Morgan Freeman can come in and talk for a little bit before he before he leaves. <laughs> and everyone loves to hear Morgan Freeman talk. True statement. <laughs> um. All right. Let's just wind down with uh maybe uh fam- favorite moment in the film. I think we sort of touched on some, but just to reiterate. No man's land for me. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I think that whole build up to that trench and then her coming out. And then crossing the field and them advancing. And then as soon as they hit that city, you're treated to a couple really awesome choreographed like fight sequences with her. That's when we finally see her, hear her theme song kick in, which I was waiting the whole fucking mm-hmm. movie to hear at some point. Yeah. So, yeah, that, that whole middle of the movie stands out to me. My favorite shot was actually uh, when Chris Pine was sinking into the ocean around Themyscira. And he looks huh. up and he sees her 
silhouette on the ship looking down. Oh, that was a good scene. That was really fucking cool to me. That yeah. that was when I was like, wow, okay, yep, I'm watching Wonder Woman. <laughs> Gosh. I thought you were going to say something about Chris Pine and his little uh, bathing pool when he's naked. No, god damn it. <laughs> <laughs> there, uh, there was one of you those... Like, <laughs> there, uh, It seems like a lot of people like the No Man's Land scene. I mean, especially because it was very uh, you know, women being told no and Diana's being told no why are you in the war room no you can't do this and then even Chris Pine the first time he tells her no this is not the way we do things and she goes this is what I'm doing you know the the last person the one that meant her the most to her told her no and she just goes yeah but there's this great um one of those stupid listicles about uh like 20 best tweet reactions to Wonder Woman and there were two young boys about 10 and uh, one of these writers, I think for the Nerdist or something, said she was sitting next to these two 10-year-old boys and this these two boys were holding on to each other during the No Man's Land scene. And you, she said, I heard the one boy say, Diana, no. And, and then the other boy turned to him and said, don't worry, it's Wonder Woman. She can do it. <laughs> and, and, and you know what? That pretty much very simply but accurately encapsulates what we felt about that moment. Yeah, it's very uh, yeah. powerful. I mean, um, she did need a little bit of help, but uh, she definitely did it. I think even just that it's literally called No Man's Land. No man can cross it. It takes a woman to I get through. I am no man. <laughs> <laughs> that's really, that's what I thought. I was thinking of uh, Return of the King. I yeah. am no man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that that was a cool scene from Return of the King, yeah. Yeah. Um, all right, so I got two final questions. Do you think this is the best... DCEU movie, meaning out of Man of Steel, Batman v Superman, Suicide Squad, Wonder Woman, is this your favorite? Yes. Yes. Yeah, hands that's, down that, for me. That's yes. not saying much. Yeah, right. and I'm and you know what? I I am a defender of those other movies, much to your guys' chagrin. But <laughs> um, I I I I like them. Two points. Um, but yes, this is definitely their best. Yeah, I think hands down, this is my favorite too. I'm causing I'm causing her to have like a massive no i'm getting a headache sorry but <laughs> no, no i was actually uh coming up with a, a metaphor here uh or analogy rather so what is it called the dc universe it's not the, it's the dc extended DC, universe yeah. dceu the dceu if i were to make a comparison so you've got batman versus superman man of steel uh suicide squad and, and wonder woman all those other movies before Wonder Woman are like those shitty fruit salads you get where it's all honeydew and, <laughs> and the shitty fruit that you don't want. And then there's two pieces of strawberry, and that's Wonder Woman. <laughs> the one reason why you buy the fruit salad is for those damn strawberries and just eat the honeydew. Um, the, all those other movies are honeydew. <laughs> <laughs> now we know but how you, you feel it. about honeydew. <laughs> oh, I hate honeydew. It's the worst, terrible thing in the world. Um, but... <laughs> But yeah, no, I absolutely the best. So you think yeah. this is going to write the ship for the DC movies? Do you think this will Justice League will springboard off of here and we'll all be better for it? Or do you think Justice League will bring it back down and Wonder Woman will only be the shining the one shining star out of these films, this universe right now? It's a step in the right direction. Yeah. That and I can only hope and also well I mean it was another Zack Snyder film but let's hope we get more Joss Whedon influence out of it. Well, I think Joss had said, because of the circumstances of Zack leaving, he's not trying to change Zack's vision. He's just trying to finish it. 
And it might be more of a Jeff Johns vision, honestly. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, if I mean, if you Jeff watch the Johns trailers, had it's, his, it's, it looks like his, Zack Snyder. Yeah, uh-huh. I mean. I'm excited for Aquaman. The the I, solo Aquaman or just him in, in Justice League? Both. Okay. Um, I'm hoping, hoping. I mean, Michael Bay's never learned a lesson, but I'm hoping that Zack Snyder, given the response to his films, both critical and audience alike, will has shown him the way. I, I can only hope. I can't predict. Yeah. Uh, all right. Last one from me. Do you, I guess, I was going to say, do you think this is your favorite DC movie? I'm talking like over Richard Donner, Superman, Michael Keaton, uh, Batman, the Nolan Batmans. Like, where would you sort of put Wonder Woman in that? I'm I, I, I'm very bad at answering those because those are always like apples and oranges to me and I'm the same way about the Marvel Cinematic Universe and beyond. Right. Like, I have favorite movies that I like for, you know, like, I could never put Guardian, like, I actually don't like Guardians as much as I like other movies in, the, uh, in Marvel, but going back to DC, I, I don't know. I didn't like the Nolan movies as much as a lot of other people did. I thought they were dark and bleak and... Uh, um, I like them. I just don't like them as much as other people. I like the campy Batman. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Michael um, Keaton is still my oh, original Batman. Ke- Tim Burton was fucking awesome. Batman. Yeah, Michael Keaton is my Batman, and, and I liked. I actually like Batman Forever as a campy, nostalgic kind of theme. theme you know. Yeah, but um, Batman Robin, holy fuck, that sucked. Oh, uh, no, no, no. We, we, we don't talk about that. Right now. <laughs> I, I liked Batman Forever. You know, Joel Schumacher, he has some problems, but I still liked it as a campy bat, travel back to the 90s. No, I, I enjoyed Batman Forever. I, I think I own it on VHS and DVD, but. I do too. And <laughs> yeah. it had a great soundtrack that had nothing to do with the movie. Oh, yeah. Um, so, but I really can't say if it's my favorite. It's definitely in the top three. I can tell you that. Okay. Yeah, I know I'm putting you guys on the spot, so. Yeah. For me, it's in the top three, and that's all I can say. All right. Uh, yeah, I'd say, I'd say top five. Do you have, like, ready to go? What's your other four are? Yeah, I was going <laughs> to ask you what uh, your origi- top. Ori- original Batman. Um, that's what The Batman trilogy. <laughs> and Wonder Woman. Yeah. Okay. Batman Returns, ooh. You didn't like Batman Returns? No, I liked Batman Returns. That's, uh, what's it going to kick out? <laughs> Probably Batman, See, Batman Returns, the first two Nolan Batmans and Wonder Woman. I'd say they top five. Okay. See, In any See, given for me, fucking order. <laughs> See for me it's Batman Batman Returns. Uh, now this this is in no particular order because I told you I don't list them. So yeah. Batman Batman Returns and Wonder Woman are my top 3. Followed way like down on my 4 it would be Batman Forever just cuz god I love that movie. I don't care how much it sucks. <laughs> no, Val Kilmer actually was a pretty solid Bruce Wayne, so you know, Except for that one moment where he has that horrible lisp. Everyone makes fun of like <laughs> Christian Bale for having that that the slush but cri- Look, Google it, YouTube it. There's one scene where Val Kilmer has like a third grade Billy Madison, half high school Billy. List. <laughs> he goes, to, he goes to Nicole Kidman's character, Chase Brady. He goes, "Tell me, Doctor, do you like the Thurkif?" And it's the <laughs> weirdest moment, and it's just ignored by everyone. Yeah. And I'm like, did anyone else hear that? Um, but I, I, I liked it. So yeah, those four movies are probably my favorite. And again, I, I didn't like Nolan Batman as much as everyone else did. So. 
Yeah, I can't decide if Wonder Woman's in my top three or top five. I'd have to really think about where I want to put the other DC movies. Like, everybody really talks, loves Richard Donner's Superman, and I hate... It's been a while since I've seen it, so I feel like I'd have to watch that again before I sort of yeah. replace it. First, the first Superman was actually pretty solid, but uh, you you got to stop paying attention. To right. Two, three, four, eight, twelve, yeah. whatever the fuck. Two was okay. Two was okay. Three was terrible. I've heard the Richard Donner <laughs> cut of number two is supposedly good. Because that's the one where he famously started and never finished, and then they had someone come in and finish it and, for and, him. And talk about things that we don't talk about. Superman Returns. Oh, yeah. God. <laughs> <laughs> throw that in the bin with batman batman rum please <laughs> uh so yeah i'll probably just i'm just gonna put wonder woman in my top three i think i i do love the first two nolan batmans i think for me that's probably one and two and then i'll just throw wonder woman in there for now that my list you know it could change just depending on day and mood but yeah. where i'm at right now i think that's i think it's where it's gonna stay um, are you guys got anything finishing thoughts for Wonder Woman or we'll wrap it up? Uh, maybe we can give it a out of 10 rating. Cool. We can do that. Uh, where are you at out of 10, Andy? I would give it an 8.9. Eight, okay. You can't, can't give it that last point one to make it a solid nine. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I, I don't like giving grades. Um, because I did. I really didn't like the third act at all. I um, so I'd say eight. I was going for seven point nine actually, and I'm like, <laughs> no. Again, the strengths supersede its its weaknesses. But uh, you know, a solid B. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I think I'm gonna go a little higher than you guys. I think I will give it like a solid nine, nine point five for me. Like complaints okay. aside, I fucking loved it. Like I am yeah. anxious to go see it again. Oh, it's it's enjoyable as hell. Yeah, I I kind of want to go see it in like XD or Omnimax. Yeah. Can Can I go see it with you? Because maybe I'd, I'd enjoy it if I'm going <laughs> with a person who actually likes it. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, and um, I used I used to teach uh, um a class called politics and film, and and one of the things that I taught is that. Going to see a movie is a communal social experience, and you actually, if you, other people laugh, you're more inclined to laugh. If other people hate it, you're more inclined right, to hate it. Right, right. So me going with someone who hated it was actually, and you know, it's a silent, but you still see, you still hear him scoffing the whole time. And <laughs> yeah. It's less enjoyable. So I'll, I'll go see it with you guys again. Nice. One of my, yeah, one of my, uh, <laughs> um, things about <laughs> going to see movies in the theaters, if a movie can make me forget about, all the sounds that other fucking people in the theater are making around Babies. me. <laughs> <laughs> Babies, popcorn, fucking cell phones, brightness, people getting up to use the bathroom. All these things really annoy me. When I can forget about all the other people in the theater and just focus on the movie, the yeah. more I can focus on the movie, the better the movie is to me. Yeah, my barometer is uh, checking my phone for like, what time is it? Yeah. I, if I don't touch my phone, if, we're good. Yeah, if yes. nothing else, I just want to win the lottery so that I can buy my own fucking movie theater and just have me and <laughs> maybe yeah, like <laughs> you guys there. I don't, I you don't know? know if I tell you guys, but I hate going to see the movies. If I'm actually in a the theater, then I must either really, like, am really excited for it or, you know, it's because is of the it, podcast. Is it because <laughs> of the public? there with you yes yeah oh yeah don't they suck I, I, <laughs> they suck so yes, bad they do hey the public listens to this try to turn, turn it down um, <laughs> x-men first class i walked into the theater there was a crying baby i walked out of the theater 
And I went to the front desk, sympathetic, you know, young, you know, teenage something. I said, there's a baby crying. I know you can't eject mother and y young crying yinzer, but can I please, like, see another one later? He's like, yeah, sure. I'm like, thank you. <laughs> I just, oh, crying babies and lawnmowers yeah. are like my... Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what yeah. it is like. Fuck maternal... you, landscapers. <laughs> uh, no, I don't know um, what it is about maternal yeah. instinct, but I don't have it. So. No, yeah, that's that's why I generally like to see movies as a matinee Me in the too. middle of the in the middle of the week on the cheap days. <laughs> ex in fact, I always go yeah, to the, the earliest, mall, and I always if it's something I'm really excited about seeing. I well, you know, I have epilepsy. I can't really see 3D anyway because it kind of messes with that. Yeah. But I will see it standard matinee at like 10:30 in the morning because yes. I know you know that I there can will have be the like theater to myself. Ten, ten other people with you, if that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I, I'm I'm with you. Yeah. I need to be seeing movies with you guys. Apparently. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's Andy. I'm working at 10:30 in the morning. All right. Fair <laughs> um. Yeah. Anything else? We're good. I think. I think we all graded it right. Yeah. Yeah. It, so yeah, go see Wonder Woman if you haven't. Fuck it, yes, please. Of course, God. if you made it this far and haven't seen Wonder Woman, we just spoiled most of the fucking yeah. movie for you. So. This this movie is uh, very much in the running to be my favorite movie of the year, um, right underneath Logan. Unfortunately, it's Becky, <laughs> <but>. <laughs> it's, no, it's okay because I. Uh, it's funny you say that because one of the conditions I saw Logan was. Screaming children for Logan, you know, which is very inappropriate. And I also had a horrible migraine when I saw it. And I admitted that whenever I had my criticisms, I said, I'm going to see it again because the conditions under which I saw this movie were terrible. Right. Uh, I saw it again, still didn't really like it, but it is a completely different experience. So, but I agree. I, I'd have to concur with Andy in saying that this is in the running to become one of my favorite movies of the year. Yeah. So. I, the only thing I can see supplanting. Logan and Wonder Woman would be the Jedi movie. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I still got a lot to look forward to this year, so I know it's going to make my top ten whenever we get around to that. But I don't, I don't know how high because I, it's it's up there right now, definitely top five, maybe top three for me. That's kind of where I'm going with it. But like, I still have I can, to see I can Spider Man. See, I still have to I can see... see Thor maybe cracking the right underneath Logan if they do what i'm hoping that they do but yeah. i'm starting to get like a lot of um hype for it just personally so yeah. i'm hoping it doesn't kind of underperform yeah uh, i mean between spider-man thor star wars justice oh, league still i forgot coming about up fucking this... spider-man god some yeah. of a bitch michael keaton too damn it <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot of potential i know uh all right so uh if you've enjoyed the show please stop by itunes you can leave us a five-star rating and review there uh, if you leave us a comment, I haven't looked in a while, but if you do leave us a comment, I'll try to read it on the air. We'll give you a shout-out. Uh, be sure to share, subscribe, favorite the show, wherever you listen. As always, you can find us on Facebook. Search for Brygana Super Friends or go to facebook.com slash Brygana Super Friends. I left the www off that time, so you, you know it's there. Uh, and you can send us questions, comments, topics, suggestions, all that good stuff. Uh, at the Facebook page, you can email email us, BryGuysSuperFriends at gmail.com, or tweet us at BGSuperFriends on Twitter. And on behalf of Becky, Andy, and myself, thank you for listening, and we will talk to you next time.